Hey everybody, welcome to tonight's session. Uh, surprise! I'm going to say that a lot uh, through the next 30-ish minutes for this uh, the video, because tonight's session is on how to surprise your party. So I uh, hope you enjoy, and uh, surprise! <laughs> OBS out the way. Hello! We're going to start now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to tonight's uh, late night classroom. Surprise! We're doing surprises tonight. So how to surprise your party, dealing with surprises in groups, eternally, internally, eternally, whatever, uh, and so on and so forth. And to prep for this session, I decided to surprise myself and write nothing up. So this is all off the cusp as per the usual, because that, that's what we do around here. We just, we just make stuff up that sounds good, right? <laughs> surprise! Um, I'm going to say that a lot tonight, and I'm going to apologize ahead of time for the people listening to the podcast. Um, if I could, I would probably insert stupid uh, sound bites every 30 seconds, but I'm not going to, because it's a lot of effort. Um, I'm joined tonight. I have I have a guest. He's here. Go ahead and say hi, Hero. Hello, everybody. Um, we should have a couple more, as per usual. They might show up. They might not. It could just be me talking the entire time. You never know. So, um, we're going to break this down into, let's say, three categories to start. I might add more later. So, we're talking about uh, surprising your party uh, IRL, right? Uh, surprising your party with uh, in-world events. Uh, and surprising your party with character developments, right? Uh, so, we're going to start with surprising your group IRL. And these, these surprises, right, are generally relatively simple. Uh, I say simple, they're usually expensive on your part as a GM or DM, uh, but they're, hey, I got you a mini, hey, I got you uh, new maps for us to try, or hey, check out this cool thing I bought that's basically a dice tower, but it glows all the colors. Those kind of surprises are great for groups, uh, especially with people that you plan to play with for an extended period of time, or have been playing with for a long time, right? Those are really nice and things to do. Now, mind you, they can be expensive, so be careful when doing them. Don't do them all the time, don't have people expect you to build them a character uh, template or whatever, not template, uh, model, every time you play a new story. But from time to time, that could be nice. Um, vice versa, as a player, if you do that for your DM, they will literally, you will get all the DM GM points and they will make sure your character gets some story time. Gosh dang it. We are all about bribing the DMs here, by the way. If you bribe the DM with cool stuff, that's okay. You Please. The, they need love every once in a while. Um, besides compliments and things like that, stuff always nice um let's see uh, other other irl surprises so uh this being adding new characters out of the blue can be used as surprises and this could be oh i added my best friend to the story haha <laughs> new player uh without telling anybody which could really <laughs> goose up some sessions uh but it's okay you know I mean if, if it is something that's going to be there for a while or even just temporary throw it in there it's not going to hurt anybody um killing characters off IRL, I don't suggest. That's murder. Don't do not do that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, let's see. Any other surprisey things? Here, you got, any, you got an idea? What's an IRL surprise we could talk about really quick? And I'll, I'll go back to Emering after that. Well, it's when you can plant, you know, some feet pics on uh, mm. another player's character and uh, be like, hey, why do you have my wife's feet pics? Where'd you get those from, huh? <laughs> Ah, man, sabotage at its finest. Uh, so, oh, that, that that being a thing, I'm going to caveat off what we said real quick. Uh, after you finish talking, so go ahead. Oh, no, that, that, that was basically it. 
Okay. So, uh, player-to-player silliness, right? Um, that kind of stuff, if you're friendly enough with your group to do things like that, do it. It's hilarious. There'll be stories about it forever. Um, especially if it just, like, there's an important important thing going on and you hit them with the feet picks. They ain't going to be ready. You know what I mean? They're just going to be mentally uh, flashbanged for a good ten minutes of your session. Uh, especially if you hit them, like, while they're in the bathroom or something while you're playing. It'll be a great laugh for 30 seconds. Um, but on that note, be careful. Uh, they might enjoy it too much. And then your wife's feet picks are in some other person's hands. Gotta watch it. Um, what else is there? Um, let's see. But uh, at table surprises, goofing around at the table, um, obviously read your table. If you have someone at your table that is a little bit more sensitive to those kind of things, don't do it. Uh, you know I mean, you don't want to ruin a game over feet picks. Um, because that would be, like, the worst way to, to end a game. So, uh, just because it's a surprise for someone doesn't mean it has to be a surprise for everyone. Um, but also that's how weird, funny traditions start. So I, I encourage you to try it if you feel it is appropriate at your table. All right, that took a whopping five minutes. We blew through that one. I might come back to it later. Um, but <laughs> next, next surprise is, uh... Uh, on the table events, right, and things like that. Uh, this is one I like to personally do uh, for most of my games is I throw random holidays into sessions, whether the players realize it or not. Uh, you know what I mean? So, like, you can get one of those silly uh, holiday calendars that, you know, basically every day can be a holiday for something. Uh, and, you know, you, you just pick the, your favorite one from that week or whatever. Uh, classic one that I do pretty much every year that at this point is no longer a surprise uh, is for Thanksgiving, my players in pretty much whatever setting that we're playing in will fight the Great Gobbler, which is a giant uh, turkey creature that I found stats on Facebook literally forever ago, uh, and continue to use it every year around Thanksgiving because it makes me cool to uh, see players get petrified and then finish off the monster with some kind of flame weapon and then have to eat it until they pass out. Uh, it has only led to death one time, and that was because they were in the middle of a, gi- a forest with dinosaurs, and the dinosaurs ate the sleeping people, or a sleeping person. It was nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, event-style stuff, right? Uh, and this can this can be uh, other things, too, that isn't holiday-related. You could have, like, a theme or a tournament that pops in randomly. Uh, random encounter. Oh, look, you now have a theme that you're going on. Um, having those pre-writ somewhere and just like pulling them out every once in a while, uh, another another story or whatnot. We had this thing called the Gauntlet that was a hundred percent random encounters uh, for one of the sessions, but it was uh, ten random encounters in a row. Um, and if they rolled a, I don't remember what it was, a one or a six or something on the die used for random encounters, uh, they would go to the Gauntlet. And they had ten sessions of those gauntlet planned out that there were different events that they had to do. And some of it was skill checks, most of it was fighting. Uh, there was a room that I'm not going to discuss that was utterly dreadful. Someone made a joke, and I went with it, and it was a bad choice. Um, <laughs> but we will we will avoid that conversation tonight, because I don't want to talk about it. Um... But those kind of events that you throw in your stories can really, really add flavor and uh, remembrance to those kind of things, right? So, surprise, you're summoned by the gods to a celestial tournament. 
who's gonna forget that? That's like like even if it's nowhere based on your story, if that's like not something you've been dealing with, and you just throw a random god tournament in there, that's a great surprise. Everyone's gonna have fun. It's gonna mix up your sessions, like what you were doing right then, and completely throw it out the window. Sure, for a session or two, uh, but. It'll also get rid of that uh, laggy lull feeling. Now, if you are a one-shotter, uh, it is much harder to pull these random events off and have it feel um, not like a one-shot, because you do one-shots anyway. Whereas if you're playing a long-term campaign, this works much better. But on the opposite side, one-shots are great for doing uh, themed events that are just like, hey, we're going to go fight the Lord Gobbler this session. 100% turkey theme. Uh, everyone's some kind of cook. Build your characters. Whatever. Like, pfft, run with it. Go with it. Kick the gobbler's butt. Um, those are those are uh, supreme one-shots that you can come up with. But again, holiday-themed stuff always goes over well. Uh, speaking of holiday-themed stuff, I'm going to do a quick plug in our uh, Come to Use channel. We still have our free product this month, which is basically that. It's a write-up for a Twisted Christmas uh, we use Krumpus and some other characters uh, to give you kind of a hey, what would happen if uh, scenario. Uh, we put a bit of work into it, so go download the PDF, check it out, play it in your next game. Even though it's past, will be past Christmas shortly, um, you can play it afterwards, New Year's, whatever. It'll be great. Um, or you just save it for later, because Krumpus by himself has some fantastic lore that you don't necessarily have to use with Christmas, but eh, whatever. Um, worst comes worst, you save it for next year, because at the end of the month, it's no longer free. I'm pulling it off the site, and you have to pay for it, so get it while you can. Um, I'll plug more stuff later, wahaha. Uh, but, there's that. Holiday-themed surprises. Great addition to pretty much any game. Um, and that's the nice thing about them, um, is you can pretty much fit them into any TTRPG. Blades in the Dark, uh, and things like that could also have varied holidays and because you are a DMGM or a player that is suggesting this to your DMGM uh, you can fit it in the lore or whatever. You know, again, the nice thing about tabletops is there. It's rule of cool 90% of the time uh, for lore stuff. I mean, you could be playing on uh, again, if you're playing through an adventure book like Salt Marsh or something and you throw in the lore gobbler like that totally breaks up the story but it'll be lots of fun and it will make your story slash campaign unique. Uh, so don't be afraid to do it. All right, um, jumping back to to here. Here, any questions, comments, concerns on this topic? I'm kind of curious. Do you have uh, any kind of themes that, uh, in a funny way, uh, is amusing but yet inconveniences the party? Not in a harmful way, but uh, more along the lines as uh, a jokester type thing. Ooh, okay, so. Uh... Personally, yeah, I've ran a couple of those that are, uh, again, random encounters slash holiday stuff um, that uh, characters will pop in and mess things up. In our world of Jake, one of the main bad guys is a tr trickster god. Um, so when he shows up, everywhere is filled with a purple fog, and then crazy stuff happens. Um, I wouldn't necessarily tie that to a IRL holiday, uh, but 100% when the players are getting too too good for what they're doing. You know, throw that in there to just mess them up, steal all their items, all their gold, uh, turn them into frogs for a session or random animals. Uh, I mean, actually, in a sense, you could uh, tie that to April Fool's Day, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, easy peasy. 
Uh, April Fool's just like, ah, oh, your sword turned to mush. Why? Because you rolled a two. 100%. <laughs> Don't be afraid to do that, though. You know what I mean? Those kind of surprises, just just know, right, when you're doing this, when you're setting this up, uh, is your player should have some kind of expectation for that to happen um, at some point. Because if you're playing the super gritty, uh, movie-esque style D&D uh, or Starfinder or whatever you're playing that doesn't have any haha jokey jokes every once in a while, uh, and it's all edgelord craziness, throwing in uh, the Easter Bunny probably won't go over well and will just confuse everybody. Um, but they'll oh, talk it... about it in the future, so it really just depends on the effect you're trying to give. Um, and yeah. kind of like you touched on, when you do these events or things like that, uh, it should not completely derail them. If, you know, at worst it should be a haha jokey gotcha moment uh, comparatively to, oh, it completely ruined the session because we fought Santa Claus. Uh, we can no longer play because Santa Claus murdered three of the four of our party members. And you did not make it. It was just a dream. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Santa didn't yeah. really kill you. Uh, and that, that on that note, that is always an appropriate uh, solution to accidentally murdering your party uh, with these events. Uh, is it was a dream. Don't worry about it. Continue the story. It's fine. Uh, I have definitely had to do that. You a got a little times. too hefty on the uh, hallucinogenic mushroom soup. Exactly. Mushroom soup. That's that sounds delicious. Just IRL minus hallucinations. Just give me some soup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Nice. Any other any other questions, ideas, concerns? Man, that was a, that was a good one. Oh no, I uh, I just like uh, the thoughts of random uh, inconvenient type things. Uh, I remember uh, in one session I'm in, and I'm not that great at D and D, but uh, in one session I was in. Uh, there was this monster that has a chance to drop like valuable items, and uh, after we had killed it, uh, it dropped uh, this beautiful like golden satchel or something. And you know we were all excited when we opened it up; it was full of pine cones, and uh, it was funny because you know it wasn't like it was a hard fight or anything, but it was just like one of those rare encounters. And it was a good joke. Uh, we all kind of laughed about it because, you know, we all got our own little pine cone. But it was an amusing point uh, of the game. It was a good relief, uh, I guess, of humor because we had uh, just got done doing, uh, I forgot what cave it was, but it was uh, for uh, D&D 5.1 or 5 or something like that. 5.1. Uh, it was probably 5th edition is the newest one that's been out, unless you were yeah. 3.5. Uh, yeah, it was 5th edition. Again, I'm not that great with all the terms. I uh, I play a, a mute rock golem. So. <laughs> uh, my way of communicating with everyone is I have a piece of chalk and I just draw on my face my emotions. <laughs> that, that's a great character. Oh my god. I love it. <laughs> I, I got some people to suggest that to you. I'm going to steal that later for somebody. Uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. All right. Um, next category topic, whatever you want to call it, uh, is where to... Sorry. No. Wrong one. Uh, it is... This is what I get for not writing it down. Uh, is uh, surprising character stuff. Oh, there we go. Got it. 
saved it. Uh, so this is this is uh, character turning alignment. This is characters being like, "Ha! I was the big bad evil guy the entire time." Yes, Boblin the Goblin, classic, classic big bad evil guy in disguise for the last twenty six sessions. I finally decided to fight you once you hit level twenty because it would be a fair fight, and then immediately gets destroyed. Uh, because all that attachment the players had to him is nothing compared to the dice fury. Everyone rolls criticals, he dies. Um, but uh, when doing character stuff like this, um, I personally found great effect story-wise uh, for turning characters that were like uh, the loud, boisterous types into complete and utter bastards. Uh with player's permission, of course. So this is this is a great way for uh, switching through old characters, right? So, like, if you got a player that likes to go, like, all right, I've played ten sessions with this bard, and I'm kind of bored because I've peeked at what I think they can do. Uh, make their character a bad guy. Turn him, turn him into the villain. You know what I mean? Um, or, or just murder them in front of the group and remind them that they are puny mortals that can be squished at any point. Um... <laughs> Just, just let the player know ahead of time that that's what you're going to do, because sometimes you forget to tell people, and they're just devastated because you murdered your character, and you're like, well, didn't you bring your new character you've been talking about for the last six weeks with you? Ah, you haven't even built it yet. You've just been talking about it. Unfortunate. Uh, so, so let somebody know before you surprise everyone else. But uh, character betrayal stuff, again, something you talk about with the character that is switching sides or whatever, uh, can be super, super... Uh, tension causing right because you can bring him back later as a bad guy and look you've already got a made character sheet that if you want to improve you can because i'm going to assume the player either handed you a copy or gave you their copy when they were done with it um or screenshotted it whatever um but having those characters come back and be the evil bastard that stabbed someone in the back fantastic uh, best example i have is we had a elfin elven rangery type character uh and it was 100% our homebrew, something or other. Uh, but uh, they were trying the Aladdin stuff out. And uh, we've been traveling with this princess character. Again, a homebrew class that was just pulled off a wiki that was just overpowered and not not fun to play with. Uh, we got to the Big Bad for the first time. We're kicking butt, taking names, yada yada. Big Bad says some kind of code word, and immediately the ranger, like, snaps turns, stabs the, the character in the back and turns her into a tree. Like, just takes his weapon and just shoves it in her and tree bursts from the inside. Just insta-death. Her face was hanging off a branch kind of thing. It was gruesome and terrible. And we're just like, oh my god, what was that? And then we all get teleported to the middle of a desert against our will. Uh, that sounds amazing. It was, it, <laughs> it was fantastic because uh, the party was kicking the bad guy's ass. Like, it wasn't even fair. Uh, definitely some DMBS magic was used to get through that fight. Uh, but, you know, the story had to go on. And I had to be able to introduce, you know, three new characters because we had a new person that was joining that session and two of the characters, you know, one died and the other one became a traitor. So it was basically a fresh restart for the group minus two of us. Um, and that group went through a lot of characters. There was, there was one consistent... Speaking of rock characters, it was a rock character. It was a gemstony blood wizard guy it was great uh and a crocodile those are the only two that lived through the entire time and then when the group got player wiped again uh they were the only survivors on some bs not even dm bs by the way it was just like random dice bs it was like if you had rolled one worse you would everyone would be dead good job 
You have been given an impossible task and still succeeded. Fantastic. Um, okay, here. Boop. Okay, sorry. Over here. I just realized I haven't looked at Twitch at all, but that's okay. No one's watching anyway. <laughs> um, I'm really bad at watching the Twitch chat. Every once in a while, someone pops in and talks to me, and I just ignore them the entire time and feel terrible. But, uh... It is what it is. Anyway, um, but those are fantastic uses of taking a character and switching around. Same thing with the insta-kill thing, reminding the, your players that they are not demigods, they are but mortals. Because uh, sometimes we as players forget that the dice are generally nicer to us than what would be normal for everyone else in the world. Um, but on that note, with the insta-kill and switching characters' alignment slash revealing who they truly were, or whatever, whatever trope you're using to make them a bad guy, um, make sure the tone fits. Um, and I say this because, uh, going back to Boblin the Goblin, if Boblin the Goblin was a joke character that just happened to join the party randomly and it wasn't really your plan and you finally just decided to make them the evil bad guy, um... Just be careful when you turn them and to where it makes sense. Again, waiting till the party is level 20th to have a goblin be the big bad evil guy that's been pulling the strings behind their back. Well, literally, like, you know, he likes to sleep with the dogs outside. Uh, just seems silly. You know what I mean? Yeah, inappropriate for that situation. Boblin the goblin should never be the big bad evil guy that was, you know, I was a wizard the entire time. No, you weren't. You were, you were, you're hanging out the dogs, Boblin. Be nice. Uh, you might just have them just, like, literally just do a backstab kind of thing. Stab someone in the back and run off. Ha 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 If you want to bring them back 20 sessions later as a big bad boss where they've been separated from the party and they're like, my time with you matured me, blah, blah, blah. Good way of doing it. But uh, tone is super important for these events and whatnot. Hey, someone, someone new joined my thing. Let's see. I'm going to play on my phone for 10 seconds. Excuse me. Uh, okay, so I might have more topics. You got any any ideas there, Hero? Um, I don't know if this would be related to the same subject, but uh, have you ever been part of a group? I've always wanted to play in uh, a D&D group where you're under the assumption that you are the good guys. Oh, but. Yeah. Uh, towards the end, you find out that the entire time where you thought you were doing uh, good things, uh, you were actually the villains of the entire story all along. Is, is that something uh, that I guess would be feasible in D&D type uh, yeah. settings, or would there be limitations to that given like uh, lawful good characters? Would they have an so impact on that? So, 100% yes, because good and evil is all about perception, right? Generally, there are good and evil things, right? Killing babies, generally considered bad. Helping someone who's dying of hunger, generally considered good, right? Um, but 100%, you can be doing good things for evil people, uh, right? And if it's framed right and you have the right, like, direction you're doing things for, uh, 100%. Right, so like you get told to go wipe out a orc settlement that has been harassing a local town by a mayor. We'll say, right? Well, orcs are generally bad people, yada yada. Uh, and if they you go out there running armor and they get out to fight you, you just fight them because they're bad guys, right? Well, later on in your campaign, you realize that that was that was a peaceful orc settlement 
more or less. The people you just killed were the equivalent of their town guard slash anyone who could grab a weapon. Um, and you just slaughtered 30 people for no good reason. You know I mean, you didn't ask them what they were doing out there or if the settlement was legitimate or anything like that. You just followed orders and did things. Um, which is something lawful good people do all the time because, you know, well, the boss told me to do a thing and killing orcs is good, right? Um, yeah, I always kind of wondered how that would work uh, given, like, you know, character alignments. Uh, because, you know, turning one character or having, like, a hidden big bad uh, but, like, finding out that your entire party is the big bad, uh, I thought that would be interesting. Yeah, um, so this is really easy to do if you have a lot of neutrally characters, whether they're basic tier uh, neutral, like the not chaotic or lawful, uh, or yeah. if you have a whole bunch of uh, you know, alignment neutral characters that are not good or evil. Because you can just give players objectives, right, from people that they know, or just randomly, like, oh, hey, you came across the yada yada. They have a ton of gold. Do you want to get your gold, right? feed them with their their vice or whatever they're trying to do uh and you can pull them in really easy and again that at the end is a wonderful surprise so like they come back and they come into town or a big kingdom or something like that and they're a wanted group and they're like but why all we've been doing is cleaning up goblins or uh creatures or whatever oh big surprise you you killed endangered species or protected people or whatever right um, having yeah. that, that yeah. Lack, lack of understanding is great. Um, now, could you do a I fight for a kingdom and, uh, you know, or send on missions to go fight stuff and I'm just protecting my lands kind of thing? And then at the end of everything, be like, haha, your king was an evil bastard. Yes. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Uh, you guys were his top henchmen, so thus you guys are bad guys. And in your head, you could still be a good guy. You know, you could just be like, but I was just, I was just defending my kingdom. I was just keeping everything safe. Yeah, I killed children, but they, they deserved it. They were, they were on red team. <laughs> we're a blue team. Um, you know, however your characters justify it, um, especially if they don't justify it. Like if you got a, a, again, a character who says they're lawful good, and they're going around killing babies because the babies are painted red instead of blue. Like that's a hundred percent. You pull up the morality thing and be like, look. You done goofed. You were doing bad things the whole time. You just didn't see it because they were painted a different color. And you throw that in their face. Um, <laughs> you ask if I've ever had that. Uh, and the answer is yes, except for the opposite. Uh, we did a evil campaign party where they were, they were just jerks, evil bastards kind of thing. Uh, and they were meant to be that way. I mean, they were evil alignment characters. Everything they did was all about murder and death. Uh... But they got into a fight with this cult uh, and ended up wiping them out out of, out of uh, spite. But this cult was, you know, infecting it, like Assassin's Creed-esque everywhere in the system kind of thing. So every time they killed a cult member or a group of cult members, they were making things better for everybody. Um, and they didn't realize. So by the end of it, they were the heroes. And they're over here like, we're rich! And we've killed all of our enemies. Like, we won. This is this is the best thing for the villains, right? And everyone's like, they're the best! And they're like, no, no, we're not. And going back to killing babies, like, they did not care. Things were thrown on the ground that should not have been thrown on the ground. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? So having that hard-tier plot twist is a fantastic way to do it. Now, is it easy? No, not whatsoever. Especially keeping it from your players. Uh, because you suffer from the giddy of, I know what's happening behind the scenes, ha 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 ha. You had to keep that to yourself for, you know, however many sessions you're playing that campaign. 
Um, and also, it has to make sense in the long run. So if you're playing a year-plus campaign trying to do that, it's not impossible, but it's going to be really, really hard. Um, and they, you might only achieve that effect for a little bit. You know what I mean? They might be good guys for a while, they do some bad stuff, and then you, you know, a couple of sessions, they'll be like, aha, you guys are actually bad guys. Now you have to fix your name. Uh, and then throw plot hooks that way. Uh, because if you're doing a whole session, and that's the big reveal at the very end of a year-long session, some people are going to feel a little robbed. Like, especially if you don't do it right. Again, we talk about tone a lot. Uh, to, to decimate your players and show them the very basic, oh, hey, you were you were being bad uh, when, you know, you didn't necessarily let on because it's in your head and not necessarily in theirs. Uh, because, you know, sometimes descriptions are lacking on the part of the GM or DM. Uh, you got to be careful with that. You know what I mean? But if you gave obvious hints and clues and things like that and they just didn't figure it out, that's on them. Um, and that, that's really really the best way to go about that kind of campaign-y thing. Um, gotcha. Let's see. That's a, a fantastic subtopic. I like it. Uh, any other questions, ideas, concerns? Uh, HJ Peters 5. I'm pretending like I don't know who that is. Uh, if you want to talk, there's a little request button at the bottom that you can click. You don't have to, obviously, uh, but it'll just pop up and I'll invite you up here if that's what you want. Uh, otherwise, questions, comments, concerns. We're going to wrap it up in about 30 minutes, which is about how long these usually last, 30, 40 minutes. That's what we shoot for. I can't say that I have any uh, additional info. I mean, that was a pretty thorough explanation. Thank you. I, uh, I try. definitely enjoyed the topic. <laughs> Uh, I saw you request. Was that just a misclick? Because you went away instantaneously. Nope. Okay. We're going to click the button and not worry about it. Um, let's see what else. Um, surprise! No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> speaking of surprises, uh, I'll plug one last thing before I get off because, again, this is going to get turned into a podcast later. Uh, we have our sale going on this month, uh, and for every session zero or regular session that get booked, uh, till the end of the month, basically, we might have it go a little bit longer. Uh, you guys get to pick one of the, a single item pick from the Pick-A-Pack, which is our brand new item that we came out with this month. That is all of our previous subscription work, basically, that you just get to pick and match either three or one, because that's the two types we have, uh, and we'll send you digital copies kind of thing. Um, it's all on the website. Go check out the website. Website's cool. All that fun stuff. Uh, Hero, thank you for joining me. I appreciate your commentary. Again, that last topic was fantastic, and it let me talk for 20 minutes, so ha-ha. <laughs> uh, oh, man, i uh glad that I was actually able to give uh, something worth talking about. All right, well, I'm going to end the uh, OBS real quick. Da -da -da. Have a good night, everybody. Well, that's the end of the video all. Um, like I plugged in the video, or podcast, whatever, uh, a couple times, we got stuff going on online, on the website, uh, sales, and things like that. We might extend them into January. We'll see. Uh, as a side note, well, never mind. I'll talk about that another time. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful night, and I'll talk to you later.